This morning we're going to continue in our series on this rock. Last week we took kind of a a break because it was Father's Day, and so we're back in it. We're back into uh, this series, and and really the heart for the next few weeks, I think uh, we probably have about six weeks left of this series, uh, but the heart behind this is we're actually just going to park in Acts chapter 2. And so at the end of Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to be, and we're most likely going to be there for a while, okay? So we're going to be there for the next foreseeable weeks and Sundays. We're just going to park on Acts chapter 2. What is Acts chapter 2 about um, at, at the end of, as far as the, the installation of and the creation of the church, okay? And so we're not necessarily going to be talking about uh, this is all after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is all after the Holy Spirit pours himself out upon uh, the followers, the, the disciples of Christ. And, and it's after Peter preaches to the multitude of individuals that are outside because he's baptized and he has the, the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. He's able to preach the gospel to this multitude. And it says that 3,000 come to know the Lord. So immediately Peter overnight, right? Not necessarily overnight because they were there for a couple days, but as soon as the Holy Spirit pours itself out, Peter becomes a mega church pastor. This is what happens. The, the church of Jerusalem is now 3,000 strong and more. And then it also says that, he, that, that the Lord is adding to their number daily. And so we want to kind of break down and look at Acts chapter 2, specifically Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. That's where we're going to be in the next few weeks. We're just going to kind of camp on this because there's, there's a few things that there's actually more than a few things. There's a lot of things that are in this passage and in this, uh, in this part of scripture that we need to take from and say, okay, are we doing that? Are we as a church doing these things? Is this what we do? Does this mark us as believers? And so that's where we're going to be this morning, Acts chapter 2. If you would, stand to your feet for the reading of God's word. We're going to read verses 42 through 47 together. We'll mainly be in verse 42 today. We will be reading the whole thing together. All right. Word of the Lord says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Father, thank you. For today, God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you that, that we are here today together as your church. Thank you for sending your son to establish your church. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts. Lord, that it would not be my word spoken, but yours spoken through me. That those who would have an ear, let them hear the declaration of your word today. Of how we can be devoted as a church. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the title of this message this morning is just Devoted Church. We're going to be breaking down, like I said, this verse 42. 
And specifically, verse 42, we're going to be focusing on the next few weeks. We see that there's, there is this formation of the church, right? Peter has preached. He has, uh, 3,000 has been added to their number. And now what do they do, right? Is it just simply them saying a prayer and that's it? Is it simply Peter saying, okay, now all you 3,000 repeat after me? Is, is that it? And, and that's all they do. And that, that's, that's it. That's, that's all that needs to happen. And then they're part of the church. Or, or is there actually marks of the church? Is there actually characteristics of the church that are shown? And in here, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter preaches this, it's not just them praying a prayer, but it's also them being changed. Scripture says that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, right? Romans 12 says we don't, we don't conform to the pattern of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are new creations in Christ. And so as people who are new creations, that probably means that we act different as well, right? We don't continue to live our lives the way that we used to live our lives. Why? Because we're new creations. We don't do that anymore. And so for us, we have to understand that even those who are being saved, they're saved and they're, they're not just saved. I say this all the time. They're not just saved from their sins, but they're saved to the family of God. And so what is a marker? What, what marks the family of God? When you look at, at a church, at the, at the family of God, what do you see? Are there any things that would mark out the uniqueness of the church? And in verse 42 alone, we see four things that the church does. We see them being devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's four things alone in one verse. That's why we're going to park in this one verse for a little bit. Because it's, it's so important for us to understand that, that as we look at the formation of the church, this is the first time that they've ever had a quote-unquote church. They didn't, there were no other models of church there wasn't a, a, a model for this is a, a multi-site church and this is how you do it. There wasn't a model for, for this is a mega church. There wasn't a model for, you know what, we're just going to do home churches. There wasn't any model for church. Why? Because this is the first one. They were the model, in my opinion, right? Shouldn't the original, the thing that, that God poured out his Holy Spirit on and, and moved in and created so powerfully and instantly, shouldn't that be the thing that we look at and say, man, I want to be like them? And so that's why we're going to be talking about this this morning. Luke, writing the book of Acts, he gives brief summaries through uh, the book of Acts. And so there's, there's always these big things that happen, these, these large encounters, and then he gives a brief summary of what happened after that in between the next big encounter. And so the big encounter was Holy Spirit fell at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, right? And then, and then 3,000 were added to the church, and the church was formed. And then he gives a, a summary of the church. This is what the church was all about. And so first it says that they devoted themselves to certain things. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so, they, and I want us to kind of 
look at and, and study a little bit of this word devoted. That's the most, to me, the most important word in that verse is devoted. The word devoted literally in the Greek means to join or to be faithful to or to continually do. It's not just saying, devotion takes not just uh, us, us believing something, but also doing what we believe. See, when, when they talk about being devoted, they talk about the, apostle, the, the apostles' teaching. We're going to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. That doesn't necessarily just mean we check in the box that we're devoted to those things. That means that we actually do them as well. And so the, the, this word devoted, again, it, it means to join together, to, to be faithful, to continually do. We see this a few times throughout Scripture. We see this in Romans 12, 12. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That word faithful is the same word used in Acts 2 for devoted. We see it in Colossians 4, verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Again, that, that devoted, that, that devotion, right? Same word that's used there is used in Acts chapter 2. And then we also see it later on in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and all together with glad and sincere hearts. It says, every day they continued. That, that's the same word for devoted. And so this, this understanding of, of devoted, of being devoted, what does that truly mean? It's a, it's a two-part thing. It's, it's knowing and doing it, right? That this word is, is the, you know, being devoted to something. It's, it's the persistent pursuit of something. That really being devoted is, is a persistent pursuit of something. We, we like to, you can use the analogy because scripture uses the analogy a lot for, for marriage. Marriage is a persistent pursuit for those who are married. And understand this, like, like if, if you're married, right, like, like your persistent pursuit of, my persistent pursuit of, of Carly is not just, okay, we got married, I don't have to work on anything anymore. Uh, you know what, I don't have to get you flowers anymore because we're married. Like I, I pursued that I've attained it. Now we're good. <clears throat> now that would mean that, that I'm not really devoted, right? Because I'm not persistently pursuing. Like, like if we're, if we, the only time we ever went on a date was before we got married and we haven't been on a date for almost two years. That's pretty crazy. Would I be persistently pursuing my wife? No. And in the same way, we have to be persistently Pursuing these things. But to be persistently pursuing Jesus. And what does that look like? What does that mean? How does that flesh itself out within Scripture? And so we're persistently pursuing and devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. So what does it mean to be devoted to the apostles' teaching? Does it mean for us, if we sit there and say, I want to be devoted? Yes, we're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Well, in, in some ways, in a lot of ways, I think sometimes we as the church, we've equated spiritual maturity with just Bible knowledge. And so we can sit there and, and do a sword drill, right? And sit there and say, like, I know exactly where that is. I know where that, that is. I can, I can quote the entire book of John 
Praise God for that. Those are, those are great things. And, and so knowing is, is part of being devoted to, but it's not all of it. Knowing the apostles' teaching, that what that is, the apostles' teaching is Scripture. That's what that is. Plain and simple, it's Scripture. They didn't have the book of Ephesians when the church in Ephesus wasn't even created yet. Right? They didn't have these things. These things that are in the New Testament, the early church didn't have them. Why? Because it was happening right then and there. They were just letters at that point. They were just things, but they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to those who would teach the, the, the apostles that have been, that were the leaders of the church. They devoted themselves to their teaching. And so today we devote ourselves to Scripture. We see the truth of Scripture. We understand the truth of Scripture. We, we see and we look at it and say we want to hide Scripture in our hearts. We want to we understand Scripture. We want to know Scripture. And, and hear me, I in no way, please hear this, I in no way am claiming to be an apostle. What I am is a teacher of the Word of God. And if Scripture were to teach something that is true, and I would teach that same scripture as untrue, then I would be wrong. So just, I just need to get this out here for a minute, okay? I'm not an apostle in the sense that's being used here of the 12. Those who walked with Jesus and were commissioned by Jesus to be an apostle. I'm not that in the traditional sense of it as an apostle. So the things that I say are great, but they've got to line up with Scripture. And if they don't, then there's a problem. I want us to be able to be a part of a church that is devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the reading and teaching of of the Word of God. Whether that's from me or somebody else. But the Word of God should be taught and should be held and should be devoted to. The truth of Scripture is should be something that we devote ourselves to. But, again, like I said, it's not merely just knowing Scripture. Again, we, sometimes we equate the fact that we've read through the Bible five times, that we're holier than other people, that we're more mature than other people. That just means that you know something. Hear me. I'm not trying to to shame you, okay? I'm not saying don't read your Bible. Read your Bible. But don't equate that you read two chapters of Scripture a day to you actually living life in accordance with Scripture and being mature in the faith. Scripture would actually say that that's only a half faith that you would have. Because James talks about this. Faith without works is dead. There's a kind of faith that is a saving faith, and there's a kind of faith that is a not saving faith. And the saving faith is a faith that is not just what do we know, but what do we do with what we know. We know truth, and now it's time for us to step out and act accordingly to that truth. 
And so it's not just about when we say that we're devoted to, when we're, when we're persistently pursuing Scripture and the apostles' teaching, what that means is it's not just about us reading it and knowing it. We also have to do it. Being devoted to the apostles' teaching means that we also live it out. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. And that word, in righteousness, that's righteous living. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteous living. We can know, brothers and sisters, we can know all we want about Scripture and backstory, and we can be fluent in Biblical Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek and, and, and Latin and all the other languages that we want to talk about. We can be fluent in all those things and know all those things about Scripture, but if we don't live it out, we're deceiving ourselves. The first mark of the church is those who are devoted to Scripture by knowing it and living it out. We have to know it and live it out. For us, I just want to I'm going to talk about this, and I know that this is a, an emotional subject currently in our time. I feel like for us, you know, this past week, Friday, Supreme Court ruling was to overturn Roe versus Wade. And as wonderful as that is in protecting innocent lives from being lost, I believe that the eyes of the world, and mainly the eyes of America, are on the church in this time. Because what the world wants to see, what society wants to see, is how are Christians going to respond to this? Are we as believers going to sit there and say, Yep, that's the knowledge. Praise God. It happened. It's overturned. Yes, this is great. This is wonderful. And then you go back to acting the same way. What I mean by this is that we can simply sit there and we can post things in regards to this, uh, this ruling and that's knowing the Word of God, understanding. This is a life. It's sacred. We should be protecting these little ones. Absolutely, we should. But for us simply to, to, to sit there and to, to celebrate it without actually helping, without actually doing something. You know, it, it, it's great to sit there and celebrate the birth of unborn lives, of, of no long, the death, no more death of the unborn. Absolutely, let's celebrate that, that we're one step closer to, to getting rid of the horrific nature of abortion. 
But let us also be spurred on. Let us also, let a fire be burning within us to sit there and say, well, maybe we should join the foster care system then. Maybe we as believers should, should partner with, with single mothers and, and love on them and, and build them up. Maybe we, if we're going to sit there and say, yeah, you absolutely should keep that child, then what are we doing as the church to do it? This is a perfect opportunity for us to sit there and say, you know what? I was reading yesterday and pregnancy care centers are now out. Uh, they outnumber abortion clinics three to one. Praise God. How are we helping the pregnancy care center? How are we helping the pregnancy care center? What are you doing? Not what is Emmanuel doing. What are you, Christian? What are you, follower of Jesus? What are you doing? Now it's time. Let's see a great, the, the great adoption <laughs> take place. Why? Because if we simply just sit there and say, yes, we know, but we put no feet and action to it, then are we really actually devoted to life? Are we truly devoted to the human flourishing that, that Scripture talks about? We take care of the widow and the orphan. The church is supposed to be doing that. You and me are supposed to be doing that. How are we taking care of that? How are we doing that? And again, this, this sermon isn't about abortion. I just... I think it's so relevant to this passage because, again, I believe that right now all eyes are on the church of God. All eyes are on, are on Jesus' church, on his family to sit there and say, okay, what are you going to do now? Not just post about it and be done actually work, actually care for, actually partner with. Don't just merely read the word. Do what it says. And so the question that I have for us this morning is, are you devoted to Scripture? Not merely learning it and then just going home. Are you devoted to Scripture? Living it out. How you love your neighbors. How you talk to people on, uh, when, you're, when you're in the store. All of these things. Are you living out Scripture? Being devoted to Scripture is not simply, again, it's, it's both knowing it and doing it. We can't do something that we don't know, right? So we have to do both. Read the Bible and do what it says. But sometimes we can sit there and say, we can read the Bible and then we can just feel something. And so then we say, you know, we're devoted to Scripture because I feel like it says this. Well, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. We can read Scripture and we can say, well, I feel like it's telling me to do this. 
But what is it actually telling you? See, the, the thing is, is that we can sit there and we can look at Scripture and we can say, yes, I'm devoted to it because this stuff feels right. The, the way that I'm living feels right. And, and it's not about feeling, it's about what's true. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Proverbs 14, 12 through 13 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but it leads, but in the end, it leads to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. Don't trust what you feel is right. Do what is right. Don't sit there and say, oh, this, this is the way that I feel scripture is, is telling us to do it. Actually know what it says and do the right thing. Devotion means all in. The, the, the point of, of today's message is for us to understand not just that we're devoted to the apostles' teaching, but what does it mean? Are we going to commit this morning to being a church devoted? That's it. Are we a devoted church? Are you a devoted believer? That no matter how hard it gets... No matter how much junk may happen in my life, I will be devoted, not just in knowing Scripture, but also doing what it says. Man, there are some times when I don't want to do something that Scripture tells me to do because I'm tired. Or because I, I'm, well, sometimes, just be frank, maybe I'm lazy. Because I'd rather be doing something else that would supply my own flesh over... Pursuing the Spirit. We have to sit there and we have to say, okay, if, if I'm truly devoted to this, then that means no matter how I feel about it, I want to be devoted to Scripture. And, and what I'm going to do is, as Romans 12 says, I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world, but I'm going to allow Scripture to renew my mind so that, that way I can think differently and therefore feel differently about it. But our theology is not based off of what we feel. Theology is based off of the Word of God. And the human heart is deceitful. Devotion means that we're all in. Now I know we as believers in the wonderful city of Cleveland, Ohio, I know we understand all in. Right? Wasn't that a big theme in 2016? Right? 2016, 216, it's the year of Cleveland, baby. Man, Warriors, they lost that 3-1 lead, and unfortunately, so did the Indians. We're all in, though. We're all in for the city. We're all in to seeing victory. We're all in for this stuff. We're all in. We'll put, put it on a shirt, put it on a hat, put it on a cape. I don't care. Put it all in. That's what this means to the church. Are you all in? Are you truly devoted to what God wants to do? Are you truly devoted to what God says to do? Are you truly devoted to the word of God and to fellowship and breaking of bread and to prayer? Are we actually truly devoted or are we just devoted whenever it feels convenient, which actually means that we're not devoted at all? 
not just studying and learning, but also doing. My heart for us this morning is for us to be a people devoted. Wherein you could come. My heart for us this morning is that we would stand on the solid rock of Christ. That our foundation would not be made in the sand, but on the rock of Christ. Who is the chief cornerstone. And we would be a people devoted Because the fact of the matter is, the, the place in which we are in our country currently, we are in a tumultuous storm. It has been that way for a while. And we'll see churches who build their foundations on sand, on theology of feeling, on theology and understanding of of we can, or even churches of, of just knowing theology but never doing anything about it, both of which the foundation of that church is built on sand and in the crazy storms that we're in, those churches will fall. But the church will never fail. The church, God's church, will never fall. Why? Because we've chosen, because that church has chosen to stand firmly on the rock, to stand firmly on truth and do and live out that truth. And so again, I ask, are you devoted to Scripture? Will you be devoted to Scripture? Will you be devoted to truth? There's a church in Revelation. That Jesus speaks to. This is before any of the visions that are given. The, the first three chapters are written. There's seven letters written to churches in the area. And Jesus speaks to a church and he's speaking to the church and he's saying... Man, you're doing so good in knowing the Word of God. You're doing so good in, 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 in being a, a, a hero and a champion for truth. And yet, Jesus says this, you've forgotten your first love. You're so full of the theology of God that you miss out on actually taking action. There's another church that takes so much action but then misses the theology. And so all these other fake religions and false religions and false idols are kind of making their way into that church. This is not just something that was written then. This is something that is relevant now. I don't want to be a church that's vibrant in its theology and dead in everything else. I also don't want to be a church that's vibrant in community and compassion, but dead in their theology. I want us to be a church right in the middle. 
Best sweet spot, right? Knowing the truth, knowing theology, knowing what the scriptures say, doing what it says. Vibrant human flourishing happens when we understand scripture, when we know scripture, and when we pursue that truth and live it out. And so will you today, will you be devoted be devoted? Will you say, Pastor Galen, I will be part of a devoted church, devoted to the Word of God, devoted to living that out. So we're just going to take a few moments. I'm I think there's some of us in here We've made for ourselves, in some ways, we made for ourselves a false idol or, or a, a false God that we look at God and this is how we feel like he should act. And it's not necessarily in line with what scripture says or what scripture says who God is. And so I think for some of us in here, we need to have some repentance. We need to repent that that we've been going more off of our feelings about what is right than actually doing what is right. And then I think some of us in the, the other end of the spectrum, we could sit there and say, you know what, you've, you've gotten so caught up in knowing the word of God that you failed in doing it, and we need to repent for that too. Because we're not living out scripture, to be devoted to scripture to actually know scripture and not do what it says, we don't really know scripture. Because James 1.22 says, don't just read it, do it. So are you truly devoted? And if you're not, man, I just want to invite you in. I just want to invite you in. Through repentance, through saying, Jesus, I'm sorry that I have not been living it out, or I'm sorry that I have that I have neglected the truth. Whichever way that is, for us to repent and then just say, Jesus, I want to devote myself to you. I want to devote myself to, to righteous living and right living. I want to devote myself to knowing your word and to, to being taught your word. I want to devote myself to you. fully in word and deed. And I just want to prepare that invitation for you. If you, if you want to have that, if you, if you want to sit there and say that, then, man, hear me. The family of God and being part of the family of God is the greatest thing that you will ever be a part of. If you don't believe me, I'm sorry because you may not understand what the family of God is then. Maybe you went to a family of God and you've been hurt. I'm sorry that that's happened. But those were individuals that were living outside of, in some ways, living outside of Scripture. Church hurt happens when people decide not to live in accordance with Scripture and hurt each other. 
there's healing for you here, if that's you. But I just want to give some time. I just want to give a moment for us, an invitation for us. Let's just belong in the family of God. Let's just be devoted to the family of God. Let's be a devoted church. To sit there and say, Jesus, it's not just about what you've said. It's also about what I do with what you've said. Can we just this morning, let's just take a few moments. If that's you again, the invitation is open. Belong to the family of God. Belong to this place that is not just pursuing truth, but living it out fully. That is the embodiment of love, the embodiment of wisdom and everything else within Scripture. We are the embodiment of that world. We are the hope of the world. And you have the invitation to belong to that hope. So we're just going to spend a few moments. We're just going to play. We're not going to sing anything. It's going to take a few moments. If you need to come to the altar and just have some time with Jesus, come to the altar, have some time with Jesus. If you just need to sit at, at your chair just quietly and, and, and hear me and, and just hear me for a moment. Those of you who, man, you feel like you need to, you need to bow out real quick, just, just give it a moment to, to kind of saturate for a moment, okay? Like don't leave as soon as, as, soon as I kind of step away. Don't, don't leave this place. Let's just, let's just take a moment. Let it saturate a little bit. Let, it, let kind of what, what has been saying and, and, and the Holy Spirit that's working on your heart, just kind of let him work a little bit. There might be places in your heart that the Holy Spirit needs to to touch and to work on. And let's just give him the space and the opportunity to do that. Why? So that we can be a devoted church to him. And so let's just spend a few moments. The invitation is here. If you need to come to the altar, if you just want to sit, sit there quietly, if you need to go in a corner and pray, whatever that looks like. But let's just spend some time getting in alignment with and being devoted to saying, I'll be a devoted church, a devoted believer. I'll be part of the family of God devoted to you, God.